Previously on Cast in Wax. Uh, the point is, a friend of ours has passed away. Yes, that's true. Um, we're both feeling the loss uh, pretty, pretty, pretty sharply. Yeah, yeah. I definitely didn't think I would outlive Rory. He's a lot younger than me. So. I asked you to go for a heartwarming and inspiring story about perseverance and nothing changing for decades, and you give me a thrilling tale full of civic intrigue that affects everyone in the city because the mail isn't being delivered. I uh, was just looking for a job myself, and I was being discriminated against pretty regularly. What's the lesson, Nathan? Don't get so caught up in following somebody's line of reasoning that you don't ask them to remove your dog cop. I'm gonna leave soon, too. You remember, I have to go back to Washington. Oh, Dad, don't do it. It sucks when you're not here. Well, you'll be the host again. Oh, well, that part's good. My name is Escape White, and I am currently the host of Cast in Wax, because I am the most awesome person in the whole show, so thank you very much for that. Escape, are you going to start out by insulting no, me? No, Frank. Okay, guys, this is Frank Owen. He's the other host of the show. Frank, I'm not insulting you by saying I'm the most awesome. You are, I mean, I, I, I might be, but I'm not. Like, I, I didn't say that you are not awesome. Maybe I mean that you are, like, super duper d- duper awesome, but I am, like, more than that. I'm, like, super duper 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 awesome. Okay, so, okay, so I'm super duper duper awesome. No, I didn't say that either, but I said maybe that's what it means. But my point is that by saying I'm the most awesome, that's not saying anything negative about you. If we want to talk about how good you are, that's a side thing. But my quality as most awesome person on the podcast is A, undisputed, and B, relevant to how you compare to everyone else in the world who's not on the podcast. Ah, uh, okay. I mean, I I guess that's fair, sure. Yeah. So anyway, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, this episode is just going to be me and Frank because our dad is in Washington and we're sending his dad. 
So that means it's just Skate. us two. Uh, I mean, show a little, show a little sensitivity, maybe. Uh, what? Because is that offensive to Washington? No, no, not to, not to, not to Washington and your dad. Your dad's in Washington. That's fine. I'm talking about show some sensitivity to the fact that our friend Rory Sinjin, you know, passed away. That's really sad. Oh well, whatever. Like, he's he's dead, so he doesn't know. Yeah, but everybody else knows that you're being rude to him. Look, I don't understand what the big deal is because when I kill things, nobody goes, "Oh no, I'm mourning for that fry that Scapey he bit it, and now it is no more." Oh, that's so sad, everybody. Let's have a real tribute. Hey, do you remember when the fry was like? Yeah, I remember that. That was real sad because now he's dead. Well, no, but okay, that's because flies are are, are insects, and um, well, soon will be outlawed when your dad gets the legislation going that he's in Washington to promote. Um, but whether or not, but I mean that you know the point being that insects are second class citizens. But even really, all animals. I mean, we don't when when we cook a a, a cheeseburger, we don't go, oh, it's, it's sad that the the burger you know was made from a cow that died, and the cow once said moo, and that's that's know, what I'm saying. This is my point. Right, but when humans do it, then yeah, then we do do that. When humans die, it's a bigger deal, and they, uh, I mean, because they are worth more than uh, animals are. I, 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 I can't believe you just said that. I just, I can't believe you just said that. You just said that right to my face. Well, I mean, Scape, I don't, I don't mean you particularly are, are worth less than me. Um, but, well, I mean, really, if, if, if this building started burning down and a fireman came in and they saw the two of us and he was for some reason thinking I could only carry one of them out, I mean. I would carry you? Yeah, I, I think they would have to because I'm a human being and you're just a cat. That you are, I can't even believe you're safe. Okay, uh, give me my phone. Where's my phone? Oh, no, why, why are you getting your phone? We, we don't need to call anybody. You know, what, are you going to call Jordan and tell him I said that? No, I'm not going to call Dad. I mean, I probably should. That's a good idea. No, don't call Don't call your dad. Fine, that's not who I was going to call anyway. Well, then who were you going to call? I was going to call my lawyer because I think that you are libeling me. Uh, did you say libeling you? Yeah. No, I mean, it's not really libel because it, I'm not talking about you. First of all, I'm not talking about you specifically. I'm talking about kind of a whole class of... Of uh, of uh, of creature, which is all non-humans, really. So you're a bigot, is what you're saying. You are a bigot, my friend. No, it's not big. It's not bigot because it's it's just. I mean, I think it's kind of widely accepted. Look, we eat animals. You eat animals, so clearly you think cats are more important than chickens and stuff. Oh well, yeah. So it's the same thing. I don't see how that's any different. I don't see how cats are more important than chickens is any different than humans are more important than cats, among others. Because that's. Cats is more important than humans. How about that? How do you write that when I say that? Well, I, I don't like it, but I also disagree. Well, that's fine for you, but I think I'm right. Well, okay, look, that that's that's actually pretty reasonable that you would think your species is more important, and I would think my species is more important, and everyone in my species can think and act as though our species is more important. So, the fireman, who is a human being oh, himself... that's that's really, that's really bigoted, too. Why do you make that assumption? Maybe that's a cat. Well, okay, if the fireman who busts in is a cat, then he's not going to be able to carry you or me. Because a cat can't carry another cat. Not, I mean, you're like a full-size cat if you were a kitten. Maybe. That's fine, but he's specially trained as a fireman. Really, apparently he's a fire cat. Yeah, fire, fire cat. But a cat can be men, basically. We have penis. That's Okay, I don't, like, let's not get into that, but, the, okay, fine. The point is, if a human fireman comes in here and he thinks, I can carry one of these people out, it makes sense for him to carry out the human because, 
a human is what he is, and he would then privilege all humans over all cats. And if a cat fireman came in, the cat fireman can say, well, I would like to try to help Scapey, except for the fact that I can't carry him because he's a full-grown cat and I'm a full-grown uh, cat as well. Well, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense because a full-grown fireman man would bust in and be like, I'm a full-grown fireman, and, and then he should be like, I can't carry Frank Aaron because he's fat. Oh, okay. Uh, that, they do a lot of training. They do a lot of weightlifting, and they are ready for it. Well, then so is a fire cat. They don't have hands. Cats don't have hands. Fire cats don't have hands. They're not going to... There's just... Okay, this is a stupid conversation. There's no fire cats anyway. Firemen don't have cats. If anything, they have dogs. And the dogs would be like, oh, there's a cat there. You know, screw him. Yeah, I would say screw him to the dog, too, because I'd be like, get away from me. I will burn in a fire before I accept your help. Uh, which is... Okay, which is... Stupid. So anyway, look, the, the the point of all this is you should be respectful of Rory. But you just said I don't have to because he is a human being. And I could just be like, human being, suck, 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 human being. Nah, 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 nah. Okay, no, but that's extra disrespectful. That's, okay, it's one thing to say, I, I mean, the firemen, if the firemen came in here and there were three firemen or there were two firemen and they were like, we can say, I can save the guy. They might need two because they're fat. No, one of them can lift me. One of them says, I can lift Frank Allen. And the other one says, well, there's nobody else to lift, but I'm happy to save this cat because I don't want a cat to die. They're not going to go, oh, screw the cat, like let him die. No, they're going to still pick up you and take you out. Why do you pick me up? They're going to save you from a fire. <sighs> why, do, why do people even argue with you? Look, the the point is... You should not be disrespectful to Rory, even though he's already dead. You should say, "I'm." you know, we feel sad that he's dead. We miss him. He's not here anymore. He unfortunately passed on. Not He's not here because he's died and blah, like, like, like you did. Well, he's not here because, unfortunately, he died. Good. That's much better. Even though cats are better. And you don't even think that because you hate all other cats. Yeah, okay. I hate all other cats because I'm basically in a competition with all other cats. For being best cat. But I still think they're better than dogs. Okay, so if you had to share a a, 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 a bowl of food with a, either a cat or a dog. I would eat the whole bowl. No, but I'm saying, you, okay, if you had to ha- sleep in a house with either another cat or a dog. I already do. I sleep with a house with Boo. I don't go near her if I can help it, except to kick her butt. Oh, okay, right. Okay, fine. So... You, but you like cats. But you like people more than cats. You like, you know, your mom and your dad. Yeah, that's different. They're sp- they're like Frank. They're like special. Come on. Well, that's true. They are. They are special to us all. Anyway, uh, I can't remember what I was saying. Well, you were saying that it's just you and me on the podcast today. Yeah. Um, uh, it's just me and Frank on the podcast today. Right. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about some s- stuff, and then we're gonna like. Listen to some stuff, and then we're gonna talk about some stuff. Does that sound good? Yeah, I guess uh, that's what we tend to do on the podcast. So, um, let's talk about um your dad, I guess. Uh, so he he, as you know, is uh, is down in Washington. Yeah, I know. Why are you telling me? No, I'm. I mean, I'm talking to you about it because it's an opportunity to recap for the listeners. So. He came back to to, to 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 go to Rory's you know funeral and all that. Um, and he and he stayed for the holidays and all those things, but um. Now he has gone back to Washington. Uh, everything's back in session down there. Uh, he's working with some some uh, some senators and some House uh, Democrats to pass a bill. Well, not to pass it so far, but so far to draft a bill, uh, which will outlaw all insects uh, and you know arachnids, all those things, all basically all creepy bug like bug insecty 
creepy crawlies. Uh, it, it will outlaw them all. Uh, they will be uh, killed on sight uh, by the American people. Uh, I think they would be declared enemies of America. I might be mistaken on that. Uh, but that is what is happening. Uh, he, that's why he is taking a leave from the podcast. And he left it in Scape's uh, paws or jaws, possibly, because he could pick things up with his mouth, I suppose. Yeah, I could do that. That's pretty good. Picking things up with your with your jaws? Yeah. Oh, you know what? I should tell everybody about how famous I am. That's what I should probably do. <laughs> um, okay. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, so, do you know that my dad works at a, on comic books when he's not at Washington, D.C.? Yeah. I mean, I guess, did he take a leave of absence from Marvel as well to go work on this, these laws? I don't, I don't know. But what he did was he was working on Deadpool. And he, he got me... Famous in the videos about Deadpool. Uh, I think you need to explain that a little better. Okay. Uh, so, do you know a comic book? Do I, like, what one is? Yeah, I know what a comic book is. Okay, so, you open a comic book, and there's, like, pictures of things, like superheroes, and sometimes super villains, and they're fighting, or whatever, talking, and then there's words, too, but, like, yeah, whatever. But, sometimes, in a, in a Marvel comic right now... Where it's Marvel right now, you would get a little picture, and in the corner of the picture is a little, uh, real red box, and in the real red box it says R. It says, it says R. Well, I think it says A-R. Yeah, but A-R spells R. Uh, it's, but it's, it's not spelling A-R. Okay, it says A-R, uh, meaning augmented reality. Okay, whatever. The point is he's got a real box that says R, and if you get your phone like I have, an iPhone, or like something like iPhone, and you point it, at the comic. No, oh no, you, you skipped a step. You have to have the app. You have to have the app. Yeah, there's a Marvel AR app. There's a Marvel AR app. It's a free app. It's on iOS. It's also, I think it's also maybe on Android, but I think we've all got iPhones right now. Yeah, I got one. So if I open the app of the of the AR, AR suppose R, but Marvel R, then I could point it at the comic or I could have a robot do it. And in issue one of Deadpool, and also in issue four of Deadpool, uh, one of the videos is me. Well, yeah. What are you, what are you doing? Well, in issue one of Deadpool, I tell a quick story about how did Deadpool get his powers, and I tell you. And then in issue four of Deadpool, I will tell you uh, the story of Abraham Lincoln. Did you know about him? I don't think anybody knows the story of him, and now I will tell it. So, both of those comics, if you read those comics and then you do AR, you would see me, Skypey, talk about things. Okay, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty cool, and that is pretty famous. Um, I will say, uh, I got, uh, recognized in the supermarket the other day. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I was, uh, I was doing the announcements, and somebody was like, oh, uh, didn't you used to have a show overseas? I, I used to live in uh, France. I used to see you on TV. And I was like, yeah, I, uh, I did. I used to have a, a show, and um, now I work in a supermarket. So That's pretty cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so, anyway, we should, we should do f- some shows, do you think? Yeah, I think we should. Uh, I think we've got three shows, uh, not to mention two episodes of... Uh, this day in history, where are they now in history? It's pretty, uh, it's pretty excellent that uh, Rory uh, did all the the where are they now in histories ahead of time before he died, uh, because we get to play them kind of as a little legacy uh, to him, and uh, so uh, yeah, he set everything up so that we would still be able to get them and and and, and play them uh, if anything happened to him, and obviously something did, so 
it's, it's good it worked out that way. Okay. Uh, but we have three other shows uh, from our good friends who, who make these wonderful shows. We have an episode of Annie Italic, Girl Reporter. Do you want to tell everybody what that is? Uh, yeah. Annie Italic, uh, Girl Reporter, is about uh, uh, a girl who is a reporter. Her name is Annie Italic, and she, like, is a girl. Yeah. I think she works for a newspaper. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what a reporter. I mean, I guess you could be a reporter working for a a, a cable news outlet or a, or a, a, a network news outlet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a website, I guess. Yeah, but I think she. I don't think she does. I think she works for newspaper. She she does. Uh, then we're gonna have uh, the auditions for the Thorpsburg Follies, uh, which uh, Thorpsburg, I don't know if you know, is the name of the town where Annie Italic takes place, as well as uh, the town where Nathan Van Etten takes place, the town where uh, most of Slam Jackson took place uh, back when it was happening. And, um, oh, I don't know, a lot of those shows. Uh, 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 is that also where, where Donnie Palumbo takes place? I'm not 100% sure. It's been a while since we heard that. Yeah, yeah, it has been a real while. Uh, as opposed to, I should point out, as opposed to the, the locations of our, our old serials, which were, uh, we had Parlor Town, where Decker and Hayes took place, and we had um, uh, 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 Carousel, New York, where uh, uh, Like Mother, Like Daughter took place. Guard Duty mostly took place in the Guard Tower, which was out in space. And uh, Epic Echoes took place pretty much all over the world, so sort of hard to say. Why are you telling us all this? Um, well, I don't know. I mean... All right, well, forget it. Um, let's move on. Yeah, let's move on, please. What's the, what's the last one? What's the last one? Oh, uh, the last one we have is uh, 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 Lessons from the Life of Nathan Van Etten. So do you know, you want to tell everybody about that? Yeah, yeah, that one, I've, I know that one pretty well. That's the one where Nathan Van Etten is like a guy who is uh, uh, walking around the world sometimes. Well, he's he's like, walking around the world sometimes? Uh, you make it sound like he's a he's got a mission to walk all the way around the world. Well, uh, no, but that would be a pretty good show, I guess, if he did that. Yeah, walking wins Nathan Van Etten. He, he can't make it all the way around the world. He tries, but he fails. Yeah, that's what episode. I would do, I would do an episode right now. Uh, here's how it goes. Uh... Lessons from the life of Nathan Van Etten. Okay. Uh, hey, nothing gets you to a place faster than walking. Because you could do it. Walk places. Oh, my name is Nathan Van Etten. I've decided I'm going to walk around the world because, uh, you know, why not? Sounds like it would be pretty good. And people would be like... Nathan Vanden, you're the first person to walk around the whole world. Oh, Nathan, I don't think you could do it. Oh, you're the voice in my head. Voice in my head. You don't know nothing about walking. You're a voice. So I'm going to walk around the world. Oh, gosh, I'm getting tired. Do you know what I always say when I get tired? I go to bed. So I'm going to walk back home and go to bed. Oh, Nathan... You got tired. I think you should go to bed, too. Yeah, voice, you're right. You know, I learned something today. Oh, yeah, Nathan, what did you learn? Well, I learned that you can walk around the world, but there's no place better than your bed anyway, so you, why would you even bother doing that? You know, Nathan, that's probably one of the best lessons you've ever learned on this show. Oh, good. The end. Uh, an episode of the lessons from the life of Nathan Venom. The voice was Scapey White, and Nathan Van Etten was Scapey White. Thank you. Well, that was that was pretty good. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that. To be fair, that that is what uh, a lot of the first season of Nathan Van Etten was like. Uh, the second season is a little different because 
I think last we heard, uh, uh, Nathan had been uh, kind of kidnapped and enslaved by his uh, his on and off, uh, so to speak, girlfriend, Jane. Uh, I think he, she was keeping him kind of as a pet. And she, he had a collar. I don't think it was uh, it was great for him. Well, I, I used to wear a collar. I was pretty unhappy with that, too, so I got rid of it. I think your parents agreed to take it off because you kept dipping it in the water and it got moldy. Yeah, that was my doing, thank you. Oh, yeah, you planned that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. Whatever. Anyway, okay, we're going to get to the shows now. Uh, what, uh, what's first? Any italic go reporter is now happening right this minute, right now. <laughs> Episode 3, Missing Impossible, by Peter Bowers, Charles Berman, and also M. Russell Weissner. Dateline Thopsburg, from the desk of any italic girl reporter, high atop Henderson Towers in Center City, in her office of the Thorpsburg Ledger Star Bulletin Journal, we bring you the news of the world. Commissioned by seasoned newspaper editor Eugene Seabrook, and the italic tracks the most thrilling events of our day with the determination of a bloodhound, poised notebook in hand for the moment of her big break. It all started one day when I went to work at the newspaper. Like most of these stories about things that happen in my job at the newspaper. My job at the newspaper, which had just been threatened because the stories I was finding were too interesting. Well, maybe the problem was, they weren't interesting enough. They're not interesting enough? I didn't even write them! You and Harvey rewrite all of my work. Because they didn't have enough pizzazz, enough chutzpah, enough splash, spunk, oomph, get up and go, zeal, zest, sing, zippity-doo-dah! Are you having a stroke? Of genius, Annie! It seems that you can't quite hit the subtlety of boring work I'm giving you. You're only suited for the exciting stories, the manual labor of the news business. Here, take this assignment. There's been a string of disappearances along the waterfront offices as of late. And we need you to find the left-handed, autistic murder bot that's been causing all this hullabaloo. What's a murder bot? How do you already know who's kidnapping these people? I don't, but that's the level of vivacious verbiage that I'm looking for from you, Annie. Don't let me down. If I start writing now, I can have your story done by lunch. No, Javi. He wants me to write it this time. Then what am I here for? I'll tell you what you're here for. You're here to double-check the spelling on my Pope Raises Elvis from the Dead story. P-O-P-E. Can I go now? Wow. I never knew it was so close to the word soap. By the way, where's Johnny been all day? Washing his hands. Oh. Oh. Right. Well, I better get going. Gotta do this story the way Eugene wants it. I need some sensational conspiracy. Not like the bee mind control virus or the mailroom black hole. There's a black hole in the men's room? Yeah. Why don't you go look and see? It should be an exciting investigation. No, I saw Johnny go in there hours ago. He must still be investigating. You must have been a great goalie, Susie. Nothing gets past you. I never played soccer. Okay, I'm going to go write this story now. I need it the way Eugene wants it. If I don't, I'm going to get fired. Don't worry. Good reporters don't get fired. And if you do get fired, that means you're a bad reporter, so you shouldn't have been working here anyway. Okay, bye. 
On my way down to the waterfront, I decided to call the tipster that led us on to the disappearances, Ms. Major Jordan, who worked in accounts receivable. She claimed that since the building had opened this morning, all of her co-workers had been slowly but surely disappearing, and she was the only one who was noticing it. She sounded scared for her life. She sounded like, I would finally have a decent story! Hello? Is anybody here? The secretary said Miss Jordan was here? I'm over here. Um, Miss Jordan? Are you in the supply closet? Who wants to know? Well, nobody anymore. You're clearly in the supply closet. Okay, you got me. But who are you? I promise whatever everybody else did, I'm not going to just... Please don't kidnap me too. Please, 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 please. All right then, I won't. I'm Annie Italic from the Legistar Bulletin Journal. You called about some missing people. Okay, that's who you say you are. But can you prove it? Yes, I have an ID badge. Look. Oh. But you can get that at any corner drugstore. You can? A newspaper ID badge that says Annie Italic? No. Okay, fine. What do you want? Well, I was thinking a newspaper story for the newspaper I work for. And how can I help you? Didn't you just call us about people going missing? You know about the missing people? Get in here! Okay, so about how many people have gone missing? Somewhere between one and all of them. Tending exactly towards all of them! Except for me. I'm still here! Okay, if everyone's missing, who were you hiding from in the supply closet? <gasps> oh, I see why they send you. Okay, Miss Major. Miss Jordan. Miss Major Jordan. Or just Major. Okay, right, whatever. When did you first notice the disappearances? It all started yesterday. You see, the guy from APS came to deliver a package, so I signed for it. But then when I turned around to ask a question, he was gone! The delivery guy was there, and then he left. Anybody else? Yes! See, it was the strangest thing. Normally, everyone in accounting pools our money, and we order Chinese for pizza. Well, it was pizza yesterday, Anybody and... who works here? Yes! It all started this morning after I called the newspaper. <sighs> well, there's Horace Clewell from Accounts Payable. He went to the copy room to make a copy, didn't say anything except that he was going to leave work early today. Then oh, he didn't I'm come a back. Headache. I knew I had some aspirin. Is there a water cooler in here? Those were the last words of Mr. Soenstein. He went to the water cooler, left a full cup of water on the top, then vanished. Jeez. Wait, really? Yeah, and then Dina McNabb went to go get the main and was never seen again. Seriously? And then Ada Takamarov went to the bathroom Okay, I get the picture. Okay, see you around. Wait, I have different questions to ask. This is getting a lot more interesting than it started out as. You were sounding like you were just some nutcase conspiracy theorist. Oh, I'm not a nutcase conspiracy theorist. There is nothing theoretical about this conspiracy. And besides, the nutcase is over there. Pistachio? Uh, no thanks. I just ate. But clearly, everybody hasn't gone missing. I mean, I just talked to your secretary before I came in. Shh! I think she's the one behind it. Throughout the day, she would keep coming up to people and whispering in their ears. And then they would vanish soon after. Okay. I definitely need to talk to her. I'll be in the supply closet. Oh, no, you don't. Come on. Uh, Miss Gutenberg. Okay, Major, where does she sit? There, at her desk. Well, she's not there now. 
I know, she must have gone missing. Wow, you should be the reporter. Her coffee's still warm. You could have just felt the cup. You didn't need to stick your fingers in it. She hadn't finished typing this letter, and there's still a burning cigarette in the ashtray. You can smoke in here? No, but she did. Now do you believe me? Now do you? She is missing, missing! I believed you five minutes ago. Calm down. But what are we going to do? Well, we could try calming down. Did you hear that? That was a noise. What did that sound like to you? I think you're right. It was a noise. It sounded like somebody going missing! I'll take your word for that. Hmm. I think it came from that way. My God, that's, that's the hallway! So, is this an architecture firm? You're really good at identifying hallways. Don't you understand? Nobody ever returns from the hallway. Not since yesterday, anyway. Okay, this hallway is our only lead, so let's see where it leads. Yeah, I know I just said that. As we walked down the hallway and looked into the offices that had been busy earlier that day, each one was completely empty, deserted, except for the personal belongings that nobody had picked up to bring with them. We kept hearing that noise, so we followed it down as it gradually got louder. Finally, we gathered all our courage, well, I still had mine, but Miss Jordan had totally run out, and opened the door at the end. gotta be freaking kidding me. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't it hilarious when the SWAT team showed up? So, I had my story. Dim-witted office worker surprised by birthday party. Again, apparently. What a headline. However, when I wrote this up, I just changed the word surprise to murderbot. And everything was fine. Fantastic! Sensational! The Murderbot party that they held every year included sheet cake and a fruit punch. I don't know what that means, but I can feel the danger. It sounds menacing and diabolical. I knew you still had it in you, anti-italic. I'll have it ready tonight. He doesn't want it rewritten, Harvey. Well, first time for everything, I guess. I'm gonna be out of a job soon if this keeps happening. Guess I'll spend the rest of the day haggling the water bill. I knew Simmons would be useful. I'll be at O'Rourke's on third. Wow, you really are taking all my work away. See you there. And that's how important it is to lie. To keep your job. To deceive the public into thinking it's under threat from murderbots. Some old TV show used to say that the truth was out there. There's a reason they didn't say, the truth is in the newspaper. Just read it. In that episode of Annie Italic Girl Reporter, Annie was Angela Schwartz, the announcer was Mickey Weishner, Eugene Seabrook was Jer Coonrad, Harvey was Jordan Randall, Susie Sanserif was Cheryl Casey, Mr. Major Jordan was Julia Adams, and Bossman was Ed Jones. 
Hello and welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. On January 28, 1986, the Challenger explodes 73 seconds after takeoff. Man, I'm so glad that I'm here to visit the Challenger. Now, where did I leave my baby? Hmm. Uh, switches, switches, switches. I like the red one. Small and the blue child. one. Hey, Biff, let's talk about something that doesn't involve your kids and for I a great like period the of green time. One. That sounds appropriate and consistent with my behaviors. And the so, how about this one. Challenger, huh? Well, before we start talking about that, martinis. Excellent. Switches. I love martinis. Houston, Houston, um, why did you shut off our oxygen? Mm, Dials. This is great. I can almost see the purple talking Indian. Definitely. I I like to cut wires. Why are we here again? Something about a challenge. I can pull things. Oh, a challenge, you say? Those are fighting words. Houston, um, there is jet fuel leaking into the cockpit. Mm, I like to drink jet fuel. I like to press buttons. That was quite a tragedy, all caused because of negligence in that some of the controllers were not paying attention to their children. Always take an interest in what your child's doing. You never know what kind of mischief they might get into. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. But the real challenge is yet to come. My name's Rory Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History? And if you're like everyone else I know, you want to know more about the Purple Talking Indian. Everyone's heard the legend of the Purple Talking Indian, that mythical, happy-go-lucky creature that one sees when one is sufficiently inebriated. But very few people know the true dark story behind it. The Purple Talking Indian is not some sort of pleasant apparition, like the ones from, I don't know, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. No, he is a much more sinister specter, the kind who would show up and say, I've changed your life, but now I'm going to kill you anyway, that sort of thing. In life, the Purple Talking Indian was a young child. He had dressed up in what we would now consider consider a somewhat racist caricature of a Native American for Halloween. And he was bugging his parents, saying, Parents, take me out trick-or-treating. I need candy, of course. Candy is wonderful. But the parents were saying, No, we don't care about you, child. Do the trick-or-treating yourself. We're too busy. We can't be bothered. And so out the little child went. And because he was unsupervised, he went trick-or-treating in an industrial zone where they were painting something purple. And he got painted purple to death. So if you are drinking and you start to see the purple talking Indian, make sure you think to yourself, Am I taking care of my children right now? Take care of your children. Or the purple talk Indian will come to you. And as for why he's talking, that's really just a racist thing. We really should consider, I mean, all Indians really can talk for the most part. My name is Rory Sinjin. This is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. Thorpsburg Follies, General Auditions. Thorpsburg Performing Arts Center for the Performing Arts. Internal use only. Tape one. T. Narrator. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Thorpsburg Grand Old Theatre We are doing auditions for the next Musical Follies. I'm sure that you will be familiar with some of the parts that we're doing today. You will recognize them from other less entertaining productions. We will be auditioning people for various roles. You have all decided what you want most to play. First up, we have someone who has just identified himself as T. Narrateur. He'll be doing a segment from the King's Speech. It's actually narrator, like a narrator. Do you want to reintroduce me, or shall I just go? Please, just continue. You got it, good buddy! From the King's Speech, I will be reading the King's Speech. Ironical, no? Anyway. Ahem. Me, 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 me. Mm. Diction is done with the tip of the tongue at the tippity top of the teeth. The part calls for someone who stammers. You shouldn't be quite so confident in your reading. All right! Um, you've got it, um. In this grave hour, perhaps... This is a much more solemn occasion. This is 
announcing England's presence in World War II. You need to make it more somber. Okie dokie do, Space Ranger! In this grave hour, perhaps... The somber was good. This is someone who is not at all confident in his ability to speak, so perhaps don't project quite as much? I don't understand the question. Perhaps don't talk from the diaphragm quite so much. What's a diaphragm? How about just quieter? Um, all right, I can try that. Uh, um, in this grave hour, um, perhaps the most fateful in our history, uh, what? What am I doing now? What? What? Oh, sorry. Uh, yelling is not going to help. In fact, yelling is the big problem we've got here. You need to calm down. I'm not yelling! Do you want me to yell? Because I can yell if you want me to yell! Security. And with the distaste of a narrator that is being treated very poorly, I do poo-poo in the direction of this hack! How dare you insult me in such a fashion! I will be reading this king's speech, whether you like it or not! How dare you, sir! A pox upon the life of Lee Chulang! Tape number two, Amos Bogworth. All right, let's see. Next in line, we have Amos Bogsworth reading from Disney's Aladdin. Is that correct? That's Bogworth, sir. Terribly sorry. Please. Gladly, sir. Well, Alibaba had them 40 thieves. Shahrazadi had a thousand tails. Ah, Amos? Yes, sir. If I might just interrupt for a moment, isn't this supposed to be a song? Yes, sir. Could you perhaps sing it? This is my singing voice, sir. Okay, um, pick up where you left off. Try and be a little more up-tempo. Gladly, sir. But master, you're in luck, cause up your sleeve, you got a brand of magic never fails. I'm sorry, were you still talking? Yes, sir. Have I got the part, sir? I don't think you've got you're... some power. No, in no, your... it's quite all right. Stop Order there. Now. Stop there. Let's try something a little different. Well, you can tell by the way I use my walk. I'm a woman's man, master. No time to talk. No, stop. Music stop. loud. Yes, sir. I've been kicked Could... around since no, I was. No, just stop. Yes, Please, sir. for the love of God, stop. Is there anything more dramatic you could read? Maybe something from Masterpiece Theater? I know the king's... No! We'll call you. Thank you, sir. And tape number three is Annie Italic, Girl Reporter. Oh, my. Uh, okay, next we have Annie Italic... Oh, I've read your work. Is that so... It's a little stilted most of the time. Yeah. You don't perhaps get ghostwritten, do you? How could you tell? It just, like I said, seems somewhat stilted. You, Well, anyway, it's... I don't mean to fanboy. Oh, please. You're going to be reading from Titanic? Uh, that's correct. Uh, which part? Molly Brown? Um, Rose. Really? Okay. Please. Okay, let me get in character. <clears throat> okay, okay. Jack! There's a boat! There's a boat, Jack! Um, Jack. um, 
It's a boat. Excuse me. Annie? Can I call you Annie? Uh, uh, sure. I really like the enthusiasm, but could you do it with more of a Boston accent, something a little more refined? Sure, sure. Subtle. I gotcha. Okay. Jack! There's a boat, Jack. Jack, there's a boat. Uh, that was good. But could you perhaps do it a little less breathy? It's not a romance novel. It's a tragic death scene. Sure, sure, Bobby. Uh, okay. Jack, there's a boat, Jack. Jack, there's a boat. Are you sure you want to try out for this part? Yeah, what other part would I try out for? I mean, this, this is the one that has the nude scene, right? Yes. Well, just tell me when you want Mama to show you the goods. I think... We can get past that. Unless, of course, you want to come back to my office later this evening. Are you hitting on my girl, you punk? Boyfriend? Yeah, narrator. Right. I'll call you. Great, thanks. Tape number four. Susie Sanserif, younger girl reporter. Hi, hi, hi. Hi, you would be... My name is Susie. Susie Sanserif? I'm sure I, you've heard of me. You weren't supposed to be up for another three... Pe- well, you're uh-huh. there now. We I'm might here. as well do I'm it. here. Okay. What would you be reading? Um, from, um, Titanic. Okay, what part? Rose. Oh, good God. I don't know what God has to do with it, but are you ready? Absolutely. Hit me with your best shot. Okay, okay. Let me get into character. Ooh, I've heard about that somewhere. That works, right? <laughs> Many people find it works, yes. Okay. Okay. Jack! There's a boat. Jack! Jack, there's a boat! Uh... Okay, that was very nice. Could you put a little more emotion into it? I mean, you're supposed to be drowning here, and the love of your life, who you just met, is falling off this piece of flotsam and going to drown horribly. Well, yes, I guess I could put more emotion in that, because you're the director and you would know about these things, wouldn't you? Typically, yes. Jack! There's a boat! Jack! See, because I'm, I'm drowning now, so I'm in the water. You wouldn't... Perhaps have gone to the William Shatner School of Acting. William Shatner has an acting school? I didn't hear about this, and I do investigative journalism. I was not aware. Well, now you are. Now I am. You are. I'm almost afraid to ask, but why do you want the part of Rose? Well, you see, I was driving in a car with my very good friend, Annie Italic, older girl reporter, and she mentioned how much she really liked the part, so I thought maybe it would be a good idea if I auditioned for it also. You do know there's a nude scene, yes? Oh, so you want me to take my clothes off? No, this is not Japan. We don't do that with 12-year-olds. Oh, well then, how would I get this part then? Kind of my thought. Why don't you go back into the audience and see if there's something else that you'd like to read for? Oh, okay, if that's what you think I should do. I think that's a very good plan. Next! On tape five is Matthew Nichols, Entrepreneur. Okay, next we have... I'm sorry, sir, your name? Matthew Nichols, Entrepreneur. And now, Actor. And is this your first acting engagement? Oh, I have been engaged many times. Some of it has been a performance, if that's what you're asking. No, but it's close enough. Excellent. I prefer closeness. What will you be reading from? I will be reading the part of Don Corleone from The Godfather. I like the idea of someone so important that he fathers God. It inspires me. That's not actually what that means. So I am told. Please, continue. I said that I would see you because I had heard that you were a serious man, that is, to be treated with treats of respect. I'm stuck. 
for just a second. Yes? Where did Time's you get... Time's up. No. <laughs> Where did you get that copy of the script? The punctuation seems to be wrong. Oh. Well, no. Please. Look here. Okay. No. Please. Continue. I will continue now with my reading of the script that I hold for the God Father. <sighs> to be treated with treats of respect. But I must say no to you. And let me give you my reasons. Have you ever seen The Godfather? It's true, I have a lot of friends. Hey, shush. Oh. Have you ever seen The Godfather? I have never seen God's Father, if that's what you're asking. I am not a spiritual man. I'm actually a secular humanist. I'm asking if you've seen the movie The Godfather. I've never seen a movie about God's Father. Although now that I know that they have made one, I will attempt to find it. When has it come out? It's been out for 20, 30 years now. And it's still running. Good for them. They must have a very high box office gross. I wonder what their business model is. It has a lot to do with horses' heads. Delicious. <laughs> what kind of an entrepreneur are you? All kinds. I'm a businessman. A man whose business is entrepreneurship. And business, of course. Of course. Would it be possible to get that in more of a mobster feel? Something that feels gritty and real and like you're going to hurt someone if they don't actually give you the respect you deserve? That's an option? You're saying I can just hurt people if they don't give me the respect I deserve. It's not an option, this but I want- This changes everything. I want you to pretend that you have that option available to you, that you are a criminal mastermind, that you are a boss of a crime family, and it is your whim as to whether or not these people live or die. That makes a great deal of sense. Give me this part or I will break your legs. Not me personally, of course. I have people for that. To break your legs, that is. With a bat, possibly. Security. Yes, a good idea. We can have security break your legs. Security, break this man's legs. Wait, no! Him! You morons! Oh, oh, him! Oh, carry me out. I, I see. That actually makes a great sir, deal more we, sense. Sir, yes. Perhaps. You have not heard the last of this. Sir. Unless I can't get back to the microphone. Sir, come back. Thank you. Tape six is Ralph Daring. Okay, next we have a Ralph Daring. And you will be reading from... I will be performing from the Pirates of Penzance. And which role? The Major General. Okay, proceed when you're ready. I am the very model of a modern... You know this is a singing part, yes? We've had this trouble before today. Of course I do. The Pirates of Penzance is an operetta. Just so we're clear on that. Written with the humor of Gilbert and Sullivan, and the writing paper of Gilbert and Sullivan. I am familiar with it. I've directed it before. Perhaps you could do it with a little more of the proper rhythm, and maybe the right key? I see that you're the kind of director that likes to stifle creative impulses. Gilbert and Sullivan is creative enough for you. It's creative enough for anyone. They were lunatics. I'll do my best, but I'd like you to understand that once I'm cast, you'll have to make accommodations for my disability. Disability? You look perfectly healthy to me, if a little bit annoying. I had a stroke. Oh god, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean anything by it. Please, continue. <clears throat> me, 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 me. I am the very model of a modern major general. Could you do it a little faster? I'll fight my hardest against the stroke. Have you considered a position in the crew? My place is on the stage. But not when there's an audience in the house. Please, sit down. But wait, I can do it faster. 
Hold on. Here it comes. I am the very model of a modern major general. Stop. For the love of God, stop. Gilbert and Sullivan is bad enough. I don't need someone taking a hatchet to it. Please, for the sake of all that's holy in the theater world, sit down. Well, fine, I'm not going to audition for someone who can't appreciate great art. Thank God. Tape 7, Nathan Van Etten. Next, we have a Nathan Van Etten. It's a very distinguished name. Have you acted before? Is this on? Hang on, it's broken. Ahem. Ahem. Um, could you repeat the question? That's okay, I think we all have the answer. What would you be reading? I'm gonna be reading the watch-ass monologue from uh, the fictional pulp book thing. Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction? Sure, yeah, why not? Let's do that one. Do you have that one? I'm asking you if that's what you're going to be reading from. I guess. It sounds like the same thing. All right, then why don't you go with what you have, and we'll see if it's anything like what I'm remembering. Okay. Him. Bread, bread, bread. Bread, bread, bread. Bread. <clears throat> this watch was on your daddy's wrist when he was shot down over a name I can't pronounce. He was captured, put... Uh, just out of curiosity, why are you... Never mind. Could you try and be a little more solemn with it? This is a rite of passage for this young man. Oh, well, like, with an accent? I can do that. Okay, here we go. You ready? Let's pick up from where I left off. I don't want to waste time. He was captured! Put in a Vietnamese prison camp and... What? No. I don't even know what that was. Well, it was... That was my angry marine accent. I can do a good Scottish... Yar! I don't think that he was Scottish. As I recall, this was played by Christopher Walken, who's got a very sedate, mellow voice. Penetrating is what we're going for. I actually do a really good Chris Walken impression. Would you like me to do that? Sure. This sounds like a brilliant idea. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Okay, hang on a second. <laughs> he was captured, put in a Vietnamese prison camp, like... I knew if the gooks over there ever saw his watch, they'd confiscate it. Like, take it away. Wait, 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 wait. That was really good. You can do that all the time? Do what? Oh, that voice? No. Only for like 10 seconds parts at a time. This gas is expensive. Do you know what's in here? Neither do I. My dad fills it. My dad's a pretty cool guy, too. You should call him if you want a part. He's really great. He's been all around the world, too. Can you tone it down without the inhalants? Uh, I can try. Um, okay. Still Chris walking? Yes. Okay. You asked for it. He knew that if the gooks over there ever saw his watch, they'd confiscate it. And why are you waving again? Okay, did you just go from Christopher Walken to Hillbilly? Hillbilly? Where? I love the Beverly Hillbillies. I can do those, too. I got a banjo, and I've got oil, and I've got to go to Hollywood. We'll keep you under consideration. I like TV. This is a theatrical production. There's not much TV going on here. Well, wait, what? How is that possible? I don't understand the question. Perhaps a little research before you try out next time. I can't actually go on the internet. You know how many viruses are there? I could die. Why are you hanging your head like that? Why are these men with black coats here? Dave? That's what it says on your name tag. Dave? Oh, you look like a nice guy. Ow! Ow! That's my arm! Ow! 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 I bruise easy! Ow! 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 Call the police. Audition number eight. 
Slamuel Alphonse Jackson. Apparently, Thorpsburg is peopled entirely by shouters. If we could have the next... Slamuel Jackson? Is that real? Yes, it's real. Are you mocking me? No, I am not mocking you. This is just me. It's been a rough week. Can we just get this over with? I've got kind of a lull in my career right now, so I'd like to try acting. Are you sure you've done this sort of thing before? I wouldn't want to bring someone completely new to the stage. It's kind of a stressful endeavor. You know what? I don't need this. You have a great day. You have a great show. I'll be sure to see it sometime. That was bizarre. All right, next. Uh, number nine, Chop Henderson. And finally we have- Chop a- Henderson you have here! Chop Henderson. That's an incredibly orange jumpsuit you're wearing. Um, it is the official uniform of Choplandia! Fair enough. And what will you be reading for us today? I'm going to be reading from, uh, what is this? Uh, Silence of the Lambs? Mmm, lambs. And it's a Hannibal Lecter? Sure, we're gonna say Hannibal Lecter! That's a very intense role. Are you sure you're up for it? Nobody as intense as Chop Henderson! Alright then, I like the enthusiasm. Please, go for it. Wait, 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 wait. This is an incredibly violent homicidal maniac who is in a yes. very who's in a very small room mm-hmm. and is doing his level best uh-huh. to destroy this FBI agent's brain from the inside out. Yes. This is someone who earlier in the movie talked someone to death. Mm-hmm. Literally got them to swallow their own tongue. Uh-huh. They're not meeting at a picnic. Okay, um, um, everything you said before the picnic part, um. Uh, isn't that what I was doing? Bogworth! Isn't that what I was doing? Yes, master. Uh, see, we told you. Perhaps try it again, but creepier. Hmm. Okay, okay, alright, um, hold on, let me flip through the pages here. Let's get to, uh, um, a suitably creepy part, if that's okay with you. That's perfectly okay. fine. Hmm. Alright, I got it. Okay. Alright, you ready? I'm ready. Alright. Bring it on the creepy, ready? Yes. Okay, here we go. I ate his liver with some nice baba beans. Well, the baba beans weren't so nice, but the kiyaki was awesome. Oh, that's Stop, a- stop, 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 stop. I kind of I ran with that one a little bit. I noticed. Please, just stick to the script as it's written. I was going to say, I can, I can, I can, I can try one of the, one of the um, other, other, other parts in the, in the, in the script if you want. I can do that. I'm versatile. I am versatile. Okay. Okay. What did you have in mind? I'm... I'll try um, the part of Clarice. You have far too much facial hair to be Clarice. I am Chap Henderson. I have not, I've just the right amount of everything I need. Just go with this. Okay, ready? Okay, here we go. And action. Oh, hi, Hannibal Lecter. How you doing? For the love of God, no. It was uncanny, wasn't it? It was something. I'm not sure I'd go with uncanny. Perhaps unprecedented. Don't know what that means, but probably correct. It is, uh... Ha <laughs> ha! Okay, here. This is a role I think would be a little more suited to you. This part here with the other um, serial oh, killer. Okay. Uh, 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 okay. 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 Uh, he's a little over the top, so it should be right down your alley. If you could just project a little more from the diaphragm and less from the nose. 
have no idea what you're talking about, but here we go. <coughs> <coughs> Stop, stop, stop. This is a serial killer. Do you have any idea what it is to be in the mind of a serial killer? Oh, 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 oh I can't believe you asked that one. Oh, okay. Um, I think I know what you have in mind. Uh, here we are. Let's, uh, let's see here. Um, Once more from the top with the lotion. Okay, here we go. Margaret, give this guy some lotion. He's going to need it to take care of the wounds from this crowbar. Lotions, uh... Putting it on his skin! What are you What are you doing? Stop that! We're putting the lotion on your skin, and now the, I'm putting stop the crowbar in your head! What? Ah! Oh, oh, this is awesome! I've got the punt, Margaret! I'll collect the garbage bags, sir. Uh... Ah, yes, another fine day of acting! Encore, sir. And that was the last audition. Uh, director died. The Thorpesburg Follies auditions featured the voice talents of Charles Berman, Jared Coonrad, Mickey Weishner, Bailiff Quimby, Angela Schwartz, Cheryl Casey, Daniel Schwartz, Mickey Weishner, and Pete Bowers. Welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Rory Sinjin. On February 4th, 1789, George Washington, the commander of the Continental Army during the Revolutionary War, is unanimously elected the first president of the United States by all 69 presidential electors who cast their votes. Let's listen. Must vote. Can't. Too dry. If only I had some water. No. Oh, so dry. I'll say it's quite stifling in here. I, George Washington, am very hot and swarmy, especially in this evening dress that I've worn for this formal occasion. Oh, I will suck it up and vote anyway. This is important. Indeed, our new fledgling democracy cannot be defeated. If only we could open a window to ventilate, or maybe, dare I say, drink water. But these are the very things we rebelled against. The young country of the United States of America died shortly thereafter when all of its citizens refused to stay properly hydrated and shriveled up into dust and blew away. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. But wait, there's more. My name's Roy Sinjin and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. And you know, it's a very sad story about America dying. And it makes me think, it makes me think about... You know, my own death, as far off as I'm sure it will be, it really gives you pause to realize you could be mortal too. We joke about oh, keeping hydrated, you know, the whole country could die, but it is, it is very important. And it is very important to, to, to be a healthy person in general. You know, you could die of a heart attack if you, if you eat unhealthy things, you know, if you, if, you, if you don't exercise enough, things like that. You've got to keep yourself in good shape. And, uh, and, and well fit and well... You know, I mean, all these things. You know, all these things. Like I said, I'm sure you and I both have a long, healthy life ahead of us. But one can never tell. So make sure that you keep yourself hydrated properly. And that way I'll be able to see you when I'm, you know, when I'm 90 years old. You'll still be there by my side. So thank you very much. My name's Rory Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History? I'm Casting Wax. Lessons from the Life of Nathan Van Etten
by Daniel Schwartz and Charles Berman. Season 2, Lesson 4, Judaism Japes with Nathan Van Etten. Ah, here is Nathan Van Etten, standing outside a synagogue filled with Jews. Judaism is the religion most commonly practiced by Jews. QED. Wait, what does QED mean? From the Latin phrase, quod erat demonstratum, QED expresses the completion of a logical argument. I have already stopped listening. Wait, weren't you another girl? I say, what a thing to suggest. God, whatever. Do you see Jane yet? Why, no, old bean. Afraid I don't. This waiting is so time-consuming. Why is she wasting time in a house of prayer when I need her to be in the house of mine? Nathan, today is Yom Kippur, the day of penitence. Jane, along with Jews across the globe, have been fasting and praying since sunset yesterday. Now that the sun has set, they are going home to break the fast. Fast? They don't look very quick to me. Did the speed force abandon them? What? They haven't eaten, Nathan. I thought they looked sluggish and sickly. Why would their god weaken his followers by not letting them eat? How will they do battle with their enemies? No wonder they lost the Holocaust. Right then, done here. Doodle-bip and all that. Wait! Nathan? Is it, is it really you? Yes! It's a miracle! I prayed all day for God to forgive me and bring you back into my life, and here you are waiting outside the synagogue. This is wonderful! Yes, it is. Now that you're here, I can get you to my place. But Nathan, I haven't eaten since yesterday afternoon. I don't know if I have the energy to... Not my problem, toots. Let's get walking. Okay, darling. Why are you trying to hold my hand? You don't think it's romantic? We have no time for romance, Jane. There is too much work to be done. Work? Precisely. We've got a lot to do with the bed in my room. Oh, Nathan. After all this time, we're finally going to... You're talking about moving the bed, aren't you? At least you are thinking, Jane. My D4 fell behind the bed, so I need to move the bed to retrieve it. And since this is a two-person job, I need you to do it. And when you say you need me to do it... Well, I need to supervise, obviously. You were doing so well for a second there. You pulled me away from having dinner with my family after 24 hours of not eating and barely sleeping, so I, single-handedly, could move your bed. Having done this, you will then retrieve a four-sided die. Yes. Nathan, what if I didn't want to do that? Well, Jane, if you didn't want to do it, then how would we get the die out from under my bed? You know what? I have an idea. Why don't we get something to eat first? You could have one of your peanut butter and fruit roll-up sandwiches. I could have... anything. Well, I do love peanut butter and fruit roll-up sandwiches. But why would you want me to do it before we get the dye? Then we'd just be thinking about moving my bed the whole time. We wouldn't enjoy our food. I think I'd find a way, Nathan. Always making things harder for yourself. Besides, my folks have a big meal prepared back at my place. You can meet them. Why would I want to do that? Oh, you mean instead of getting the dye? No, no, I mean in addition. Wouldn't you want the chance to know them better? 
Depends. Do they prefer 3.5 or 4th edition? There's only one way to find out, Nathan. You'll have to ask them. Let's go. Jane! Your obsession with feeding yourself is taking you away from what is truly important in life. And that is me! It's not about having enough to eat, Nathan. This is the holiest day of the year. It's about honoring God. And God is almost as important as you, Nathan Van Etten. Well, Jane, D&D has several gods! Nathan, don't you get that the spirituality of my ancestors is different from your D&D books? The spirituality of your ancestors hasn't been canon since second edition. I don't know what that means, Nathan. I'm very tired. Can I please just sit down? Of course you can. Once we move, you'll be able to sit down all you want. It's a band. Nathan, I haven't eaten anything. I'm falling asleep in the street. I don't have the power to argue right now. Good! So let's go move this band. Oh, Nathan. Your inconsiderate single-mindedness is so endearing. Frack yes, it sure is! Okay, Nathan, I'll get you a new die. Now let's go to dinner with my family. Jane! That die is part of a matched set of dice. They will lose their collective luck if they are not kept together. That is not true. Nonetheless, I need that die. Nathan, my parents have been asking all about you. I can't say I didn't bring you to dinner because we were looking for a die. It will still be there when we get back. Jane, if your parents aren't the kind of people who can understand the urgency of retrieving lost small plastic items immediately, then they deserve about as much respect as a halfling barbarian. Is that a lot of respect? Because they're my parents. That is not a lot of respect, no. Look, Nathan, it's been a long, harrowing, hungry day, and I want more than anything to eat some food. Even if I could move your bed, I wouldn't without having eaten something. God! Jane, you are being as difficult as a blindfolded game of exes and allies. Which is more important, what you want or what I want? What you want. Exactly! Now you're back on track. Let's go have you move this bed. Okay. You get a head start. I have to tie my shoe. Okay. My God, man, shameful. I'm not sure I learned a lesson here, voice. Quite educational all the same, old boy. Okay, good then. I'll go manage Jane. Perhaps you'll manage to join us again for the next lesson from the life of Nathan Van Etten, eh, what? In that lesson from the life of Nathan Van Etten, the voice was Julia Kelly, Nathan was Mickey Washner, and Jane was Aaron Morrissey. Thank you very much, Frank, and uh, thank you all for listening to those shows. I hope you like them. Uh, I like the part where... Um, the girl was like, I want to eat something because I want to eat something in real life. But she didn't get to eat anything. Well, that's sad, but I get to eat something in real life. Soon. Yeah? Uh, what makes you think that? Well, because I'm going to get some MF later. How do you know? Well, I better. I mean, I want to. Maybe you won't. Maybe it'll be like the show and you won't get to eat. That's really sad. Why are you telling me this sad story? Well, because I wanted to put you in the mood for uh, the next thing we're going to do, which is listen to an audio letter we got uh, from a fan. So... Uh, please, people can write into us at castinwax at gmail.com. That's castinwax at gmail.com. And um, you can write into us and uh, uh, 
uh, you can send us uh, text uh, messages, by which I mean emails, and you can also send us uh, audio letters, uh, like uh, our good friend Steve, also known as Remix Overdrive, did. Hey guys, it's Remix Overdrive, aka Steve. I'm so sorry to hear about Rory's passing. It's hard to lose someone close to you, and I know he will be missed. I hope you're able to celebrate his memory in the midst of your mourning. He was the very first extra historian I ever met, and possibly the greatest extra historian of this world, or any other. About a year ago, Jordan got me interested in the ukulele, and I've been practicing ever since. Uh, in memory of Rory, I wanted to share with you the first ukulele cover I've recorded uh, and, and decided to share with everyone. So, here it is. Thank you. Extra history now, yeah. Extra history now, yeah. Extra history now, yeah. Who's gonna do our extra history? I don't know, man. It's a mystery. Where will we get our extra history now? Okay, okay, okay. Uh, nice, Steve, but I think when I do it, it's better. When I send extra history now, it's better. Okay, again, he sent that in as a tribute. It's not to show you up. Well, good, because it didn't. No, but it's it was because it was a tribute to Rory. You remember, you used to sing that song for Rory when he would do extra history now. Yeah, 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 but I did it a little peppier, so it's a cheer people up. Extra history now, yeah. It's a pump-up song. Okay, I, again, I think he knows that. But I think the idea here was that he would play it as a as a sad version because Rory died. Remember when we talked about Rory died? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay. Okay, so he was doing a sad Rory died song. Oh, Rory died. Yes, but again, okay, be respectful. Thank you very much, Steve, for sending that in. We do all miss him. I'm glad you miss him, too. Okay, let's... Move on, because Scape can't handle this. Okay, Frank, uh, you have to read all the letters, because I didn't memorize any of them. <laughs> so you read them, and I will answer them. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, dear Frank, well, I mean, you're not going to answer this one. I, It's written to me. So. Well, maybe. No, it's written to me, to me but all right. Uh, dear Frank, I'm writing about the hosting gig my brother discussed with you. He said everything's fine, but I wondered if perhaps you would want to be involved in a restaurant review blog we were starting. You would go to the best restaurants and have the opportunity to write reviews for possible inclusion in our blog. Andy thinks you would be great. Uh, what do you say, Ted uh, the Hookworm? Ted the the, the Hookworm? The hookworm. Uh, yeah, Ted. Well, I mean, what happened with, it, with Andy? Like, uh, I've been waiting to hear from him about this hosting gig. You know, he says he wants me to, to host for him, and I... You know, I ate the cupcakes you sent me, and, you know, they were good and all, and, um, I, I mean, when do you want me to start hosting? I, I, you know, I, I'll do the rev the review. I mean, do you want me to do reviews on, uh, am I hosting a review thing? Is that what's happening? Uh, I mean, I'm happy to go to restaurants. Are you guys going to be paying, or do I have to pay myself? I mean, the best restaurants are kind of expensive, so I don't know if I can front the money for that. I, I, I work at a supermarket. But please, let me know. Let me know the deets. I'm happy to go to other restaurants. Uh, you know, I just need a little a little cash flow, if you know what I mean. Cash flow? Yeah. I What I'm saying is I don't have enough money. You have to pay money to eat? Yeah, that's how that's how it works, yeah. <laughs> I don't. Well, okay, because somebody else already paid for the food for you. Okay. <sighs> Thank you, Ted the Hookworm, uh, your brother. I hope he gets in touch with me soon. Okay. 
Let's see the next one. Uh, dear Mr. White, I guess this is to uh, to Jordan, but uh, dear Mr. No, White. No, oh, that's a copy to me. I'm Mr. White. Uh, I, okay. Yeah, I guess technically you are. It doesn't say who it's for, so let's see. Uh, dear Mr. White, I hear you have been in touch with my poor nephew, Rory. Oh, well, I am terminally ill and about to die pretty goddamn soon. It's a shame, but I want to know how to contact Rory so I can bequeath him my vast fortune. Can you help? Thanks. Diogenes Sinjin. Well, unfortunately, Rory died, so we can't. Uh, well, no, I mean, hold on. Let's not be too hasty. I mean, uh, oh, you know, if you're going to die soon, are you interested in gay marriage? What? No, listen, Rory died. You got, I'm sorry. Dude, you could take your money elsewhere. Rory's dead. Escape. Okay, I mean, you know, there's a, uh, but he needs somebody to leave it to. So listen, you need somebody to leave it to. I need money. That's so. ridiculous. Don't steal Rory's money. This is for Rory. Rory is dead. You know, he can't take the money with him. So. What happened to respecting him? I, well, okay. Uh, look, uh, fine then. <sighs> Mr. Sinjin, um, your nephew's dead. Uh, I mean, you know, there's always his other relatives you could leave money to, or if you wanted, you could figure out where he, where he left all his money to and leave it to that person. I, I wish we knew who it was he left the money to. It's not me, or it wasn't Jordan. It wasn't Scape, so I don't know where all that money went. Um, but anyway, um, if you want to give some money to me, I'm happy to take it, but I, I... I don't know. Okay. You got more letters? Yeah, we got some more. Let's see what else we got. Um, Dear Cast and Wax, am I really allowed to write letters to this address? Will it even work? All the letters you get sound pretty fake. Just testing, I guess. Uh, Sophie Capper. No, the letters aren't fake. Yeah, what are you talking about? Letters are fake? Letters aren't fake. Uh, uh, what it is is people write into us and, you know, we, we react to the letters. That's the... Just like anybody else would do when they get a letter. I, I don't understand why you would think they're fake. Yeah, nothing about this podcast is fake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just, you know, a couple of people and, well, a cat, you know, who do a podcast. Um, um, I don't know why you think they're fake. Here, uh, In fact, we have a message from Jordan about this. Yeah, yeah. Play, play that. Play that. Hi, uh, this is Jordan. I'm uh, out in Washington, D.C. working on the bug thing. Um, but... I did, I did hear there was a letter saying uh, our, our letter's fake. Our, our letters are not fake. Um, they are real. They are written by, by real listeners of Cast and Wax. Is every letter that we read written by the person it says it's written by? Oh, gosh, not 100%. Don't tell this to Frank and, and Scape because they don't know this. But sometimes the letters are written by someone pretending to be another person. I, I know that's weird. And I don't know why someone would pretend to be someone else on a podcast. But that does happen. But we just treat it like it's totally real. So... Just write into us. You, you know, it'll be fun. Uh, did he just say that some of the that they're pretending to be someone else? Yeah, I think that's what he said. Why would somebody pretend to be someone else? Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's weird. Okay, uh, you can write into us if you want. Please write into us. That's what he's trying to say. That's true. All right. Well, let's uh, read the uh, the final email, uh, dear Jordan. Well, this is one for Jordan, but uh, Jordan's not here. Maybe if if it's important, we'll uh, we'll get in touch with uh, Jordan about it. Dear Jordan, I just want to apologize for my rude eulogy on last week's episode. Some of my clients have advised me it might turn away business. So, would you mind announcing on the podcast that that was an impersonator or something and not really me? Just say. I said something really sad and sensitive. Thanks. Uh, also, this Lynn Nelson person who was looking for me, did she sound angry? Did she mention anything about a house? Thanks, Jean-Baptiste Sanseraf. Um, consider it announced, Jean-Baptiste. Uh, we just read your letter, so, you know, the announcement is made. 
And um, is Lynn mad? You know what? Who can who takes her seriously anyway? Really? You know, she uh, oh, the Pulitzer Committee, you know, whatever. But the I, I you know, if you want to take the word of a alleged murderer, is she alleged murderer? Yeah. Heard some murder. Well, it's a bit of a long story, but she, I, I have made the allegation, so she is technically an alleged murderer because there is an allegation occurring right now. Oh, that's pretty dangerous. Why? I'm surprised you want to piss her off if she's a murderer. Um. Oh, okay. That's a good point. But well, I mean, it's a bit late now. I've, I've already said what said is said. So, uh, John Baptiste, don't get on her bad side. She will murder you, allegedly. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty dangerous. Anyway, uh, I think that's all the letters we've got. Yeah. Oh, you can write in to us at castingrex at gmail.com, and we will, you know, read your letters. So please just, like, write into us. Why not, right? Yeah. No, there's no reason not to. Come back soon, and what you would do is you would see that there was going to be another scapey story maybe next time. Well, well, wait, well, well, there should be a, a frank advice next time because it's been quite a while since there's been a frank advice. Well, Frank, I think it's been longer since there's been a scabby story. I, I, I don't remember which one, but it's a point. I think, you know, you again, you're hosting the show. You're, you're co-hosting the show. Yeah, co-hosting is, okay. Look, we can argue about this afterwards, but I, I think it's time. I think, you know, we should start. Uh, oh, 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 uh, that's one one other thing. I'm sorry, one other thing. What's that? I, I did want to mention, of course, uh, uh, that uh, uh, Cactus World Express. Cactusworldexpress.com is the best way to get cactuses. And uh, if you want a cactus or want to send a cactus to someone that you care about or someone that you don't care about, go to Cactus World Express, uh, uh, click on the little uh, 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 podcast microphone and enter the discount code FRANK. And you will get 50% off, and I will get a little uh, a little uh, green for having said this. So please, cactusworldexpress.com uh, for all your cactus needs, and I know they are many. Thank you very much. Why did you want to talk about cactus? Because I'm, it's, an, it's like an ad. They, we, we, we say the thing about the cactus, and then he gives me some money. He, who runs the, the, the podcast, or him and his wife, uh, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Winters, will give me a cut because I advertised it. It, it worked out really well. They, they, they gave a discount for the condolence cactuses last month and now uh it's just for any cactus but now i get a cut oh that works pretty well yeah yeah okay well that also enter the name scape so i got money no it that won't do it if you enter a discount code that doesn't have a deal then you won't do anything so don't enter guys don't enter scape enter frank because i am the one who has the deal and they will give a discount 50 percent off and i will get a little scratch i could give you a scratch no not that kind of that's not that no it's, it means it means money oh that's not as good. It's not as good getting money as it is getting scratched? Well, I don't know. Anyway, well, fine. Cactus whatever. Cactus whatever. Point is casting wax. That's what it is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, if you enjoyed uh, the show, uh, good. And, um, then after that, uh, we would, uh, be, uh, it's not what you thought when you first began it. You got what you want. Now you can hardly stand it though. Going to stop. It's not 